Please pray with me. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Our reading from Genesis this morning tells us that Isaac went out in the evening to walk in the field. Now, the NRSV, the New Revised Standard Version, the translation most often used in the liturgy of the Episcopal Church these days, is somewhat unique in, uh, in their translation of this, this passage. Nearly every other English translation says something like this. Isaac went out to meditate in the field at eventide. Now, indeed, there is a long tradition of reading this text as exemplary of the practice of meditation among Christians. Last week, we read about Isaac's obedient submission to his father and to God. This week, we read about him seeking to hear and know God in prayerful quiet and in solitude. And this is essentially what meditation is all about, the ability to hear and obey the voice of God. In meditation, we reflect upon and dwell upon the Word of God, His statutes and His commandments. Just before this sermon we prayed, may the words of my mouth right, and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in Thy sight, O Lord. We also meditate upon the beauty of God's being and His attributes. Now, meditation is often compared to a cow chewing its cud. Right? So it may seem a bit gross at first, but bear with me. As a cow walks about or rests in the field, it chews its cud. Now, what does this mean? Well, it quietly regurgitates the grass that it has consumed during the day. Right? It, reworking it in its mouth before swallowing it. This is uh, part of its process of digestion. Uh, and the process of meditation is similar. We take what we have seen or experience what we have heard of the truth of God, what we've received from His Word. We quietly reflect upon it. We savor it. We allow the Spirit to use that truth to nurture us and to transform us. Meditation is the process through which God's Word moves from our mind down into our heart. It's the process through which it is absorbed into our being and becomes pure, sweet milk for us. 
The evening, the time in which Isaac went out into the field to meditate, can be an ideal time uh, for such uh, meditation and reflection. In the evening, the work and the busyness of the day is winding down. And we can take the time to reflect upon the events of the day and what we have learned or what God is doing in our life. What God wants to say to us. I myself um, love to walk through the streets of our historic stockade neighborhood, um, especially this time of day in the evening. Um, at dusk, as the lamps in the houses begin to light, and the blossoms in our churchyard begin to close, and the rabbits come out onto the lawn to, uh, to forage. The, the sunset on, on the river and the rosy glow of the clouds never fails to move me with the glory of God's majesty. Now, perhaps for you, it's a cup of coffee uh, on your porch in the morning. Or perhaps it's working in your garden or in the church's garden. Uh, a healthy rhythm for life requires these times of activity and uh, at times of quiet and rest. Um, Christ says in our gospel, Come unto me and I will give you rest for your souls. Um, time for meditation. Time for reflection. And here in our text, Isaac seeks the quiet of the fields at evening time. And our Lord himself also was known to retire to a quiet place to pray and to seek his Father's will. If the perfect man found it necessary to get away, to recharge his batteries, to reflect, to quiet his soul, well then it's certainly necessary for us as well. And what we discover when we slow down, when we, when we seek solitude and meditate, is that we have a soul. We're not merely a, a bundle of activity and feeling, but there is an inner person, right? There's an eye that sees and knows, that is being formed and shaped by our experiences and choices, a self that stands always in the presence of God. And it is this inner person that needs the nurture that comes from solitude and meditation. In the quiet, we recognize our need. Right? We recognize um, what St. Paul writes about in his uh, Epistle to the Romans, the passage that we read today. We recognize our, our, our bondage. Um, we recognize the inner processes of our heart. And our soul reaches out for its Savior. Who will deliver me from this body of death? In 
the mindfulness and the awareness of meditation. We're also taught to see the wonders of God in creation, in the world around us, and in ourselves. We, we become sensitive to the movements of the Spirit. This reflection, this meditation, this awareness of ourselves and of God is the ground of prayer and, and worship and, and spiritual growth. Studies have shown a whole host right, of healthy benefits associated with meditation, including reduced stress, enhanced memory, increased focus and attention, greater self-control, and even a longer lifespan. And even the, the critic of religion and the fierce proponent of atheism, Sam Harris, the neuroscientist, has become a champion of the benefits of meditation. He has a, a new app that the internet really wants me to subscribe to. Right? I guess I fit the, the bookish white guy demographic that, that is targeted by these things. Um, all of these benefits uh, of meditation are real. But for Christians, they're not the chief reason for meditation. It isn't even, as, uh, as many Eastern religions stress, uh, primarily about detachment. Right? And transcending the ego. I mean, that, that's, that's part of the process of meditation, I would say. But no, for Christians, it's also about attachment. Now, not about attachment to the temporary and fleeting things of this life, but rather the eternal reality behind them, to God. We meditate in order to know and trust His Word, His promises, to be joined to him by faith. While Isaac was seeking God in the fields, while he was pouring out his grief, his hopes, his desires, someone else was seeking him. He lifted his eyes, right? He saw the camels approaching. It was Rebecca the wife that God had chosen for him. And Isaac brought her to his mother Sarah's tent. She became his wife, and he loved her. So far in the Bible, there have been many husbands and wives, but this, interestingly enough, is the first mention of the love between husband and wife. It's a very tender scene. Rebecca was Isaac's comfort. After his mother Sarah's death, the author of Genesis tells us. And it isn't only a wife that Isaac receives. But more than that, it is the confirmation of God's covenant faithfulness. Of his loving kindness towards him. Rebecca is the embodiment of that faithfulness. She is the blessing of God himself. She is the whole future of Israel. Thousands and myriads, as our text says. She is, in a sense, Christ himself, her descendant, who comes to Isaac 
in the promise. The goal of our meditation is that we too might raise up our eyes, that we might lift up our hearts and see and believe the love of God in Christ. We meditate on the grace and faithfulness of God, that we too might be comforted. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.